Welcome to Aches and Gains, a weekly talk show covering all aspects of pain and pain relief. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, pain specialist at the Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine. Pain has reached epidemic proportions, and chronic pain affects a staggering 25% or more of the population. Its human impact is real and is felt by infants, children, all the way to older adulthood. But there's hope and there's treatment. This show offers compelling stories of those who found relief and offers insight into treatments that can ease pain and human suffering. The World Health Organization estimates that 4 billion people, or 80% of the world's population, uses herbal medicines. Botanicals like Feverview, Cat's Claw, and ginger are used to treat osteoarthritis and migraine headaches. Today on Aches and Gains, we'll focus on herbal therapies for pain. We're joined by Dean Ashley, who will share firsthand some of the benefits she's experienced from herbal medicine. Then Dr. Chad Wild, both a traditional pain specialist and herbalist, will give us his recommendations for herbal pain therapies. Aches and Gains is sponsored by King Pharmaceuticals, Endo Pharmaceuticals, Neurogesics, and Boston Scientific. Aches and Gains is also available live online. Follow us on Twitter at DRPaulCristo and like us on Facebook, Aches and Gains. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. That's paulchristomd.com. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Christo, especially for upcoming shows, please email him at achesandgains at gmail.com. That's achesandgains at gmail.com. Dean Ashley is a Californian who's here today to share firsthand some of the benefits she's experienced from herbal medicine. Dean, welcome to Aches and Gains. Oh, nice to be here. Thank you. What kind of pain are you experiencing currently? Well, at the present time, I have bone on bone on both of my knees. I never had any problem with it. I was skiing and tap dancing and walking and doing yoga until I started taking a medication for high blood pressure. It had a 1% knee pain side effect. I didn't know this because it wasn't printed on the prescription when you get it. So I, I started to get these shots in my knees and the basic uh, result was uh, that they wanted to replace my knees. And tell us what developed your interest in using herbal therapies to treat your knee pain. I was looking for some non-surgical and non-drug solutions. So I found uh, the doctor that I'm going to who is giving me these prolotherapy shots, which is vitamins, seropin, B12, calcium, magnesium, things like that. And it has helped me a lot. Um, there's two genes that get rid of toxins in your body, and I, on half of one of those genes, I have a mutation called a single snap polymorphism. And I can't take aspirin, can't take pain pills, you know, so that, that is a problem. In addition to prolotherapy for your knee, are you using other herbal therapies by mouth or topically? Well, I was taking uh, glucosamine, and because I had such poor digestion, uh, I don't think it did much help. The chondroitin and the glucosamine is now being able to be injected into the knee, and then I'm going to try that. Aside from pain, have you used herbals to treat other conditions? I have. I have a um, high blood pressure reading, and I could not take medications. And so I am going to a, a doctor of oriental medicine who, make, who makes the mixture of herbs specifically for my body. And that is the only way that I can control the blood pressure part of, of that problem. 
Tell us about your history of digestive problems and how that moved you to the use of herbals. My problem has been um, a digestive problem since childhood. I I was allergic to a lot of foods. Even if I ate the same food every day, by the end of the week, I would be reacting to it. So I'm careful about how I eat. I just rotate my diet. Um, Same thing with the medicines and, and the herbs and the botanicals. If I don't take the same thing constantly... For weeks and weeks and weeks, I, w- I won't have a reaction. How has the prolotherapy with herbals that's being injected into your knee made a difference in your life? Um, I've noticed an improvement, an improvement in my pain. And it's more pain management than getting rid of it totally. I still can't ski and I still can't do certain things that I was doing before all this happened like three years ago. I don't have the pain waking me up at night. You know, I can stand and walk more. And was this a noticeable difference from the traditional medicines that you were using before the prolotherapy? Yes, and it was slowly. With a botanical or herbs, it's, it's more gradual. But Dean, what specifically is being injected into your knee? A combination of B12, calcium, magnesium, uh, serapin, which is a botanical, and, uh, you know, different um, formula that he was putting in with, along with the suparts, which is a hyaluronic acid, you know, that's supposed to give your, your, your joint more cushioning. Before the show, you mentioned that you received five injections per knee of prolotherapy with botanicals for a total of 10 injections during the course of the year. About how much does each injection cost? I was paying $100 per shot, and that's uh, for the prolo. My, my insurance covered the suparts and also the Uplexa and the Synvisc that I had also uh, the insurance covered that part of it. But because the Prolo, I guess, is too new for the insurance companies to approve of, they don't cover it. Are the injections uncomfortable? I have to tell you, they're not a piece of cake. Um, the needle is quite large. He sprays it with sort of like a lidocaine spray first. And it sometimes it hurts a little bit, but it, the result is worth it. How long after the injections with herbals into your knee did you experience pain relief? Oh, right away. Uh, it was like um, like overnight. Wow, that's pretty quick. And have you noticed a sustained improvement? It's not 100%, so I'm looking forward to the glucosamine injection and see how much better it can get because I still can't uh, do a lot of things I used to do, like, you know, play tennis and racquetball and do sports and that sort of thing. I'm wondering if you've experienced any side effects from the herbal injections into your knee. Oh, there, I, there's relatively no side effects from herbals. I, I, if, if there's any uh, swelling or redness, which I really haven't experienced much of, I'll just put ice on it. Not any kind of uh, reaction like you would get if you had the regular uh, injections of whatever you call those drugs. <laughs> I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. When we return, we'll ask Dean who to go to, a doctor or an herbalist for pain care. Follow us on Twitter at DRPaulCristo and like us on Facebook, Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is sponsored by King Pharmaceuticals, a leading pharmaceutical company focused in specialty-driven markets, including pain management, and dedicated to improving and protecting quality of life for people around the world. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Christo, especially for upcoming shows, please email him at achesandgains at gmail.com. That's achesandgains at gmail.com. Welcome back. Dean, who would you recommend, a physician or an herbalist for pain care? Well, it depends on the individual. I would say if you have a physician who does both, that would be nice because you would get both backgrounds 
uh, but the herbal, uh, those that specialize in herbals have a great knowledge and they can help a lot. But in general, herbalists typically aren't covered by health insurance. Look, if it's your health and it's important to you, then don't feel bad about having to pay for the visit, especially if it's not going to hurt you. It's something natural and uh, it isn't any poison. Uh, you will get benefit from it. But it depends on the individual. A lot of people have this sense of uh, entitlement, and it's it's not right in medicine. Uh, Dean, do you have any concerns that the herbals that you're using are not approved by the FDA? No, I don't have any problem with that at all. Um, my whole life I've been taking vitamins that are um, not approved. Of course, none of those vitamins are approved by the FDA. I don't have a very high opinion of the FDA, sorry to say. But, um, no, that does not bother me. Where do most people buy herbals? From a store or from a physician or an herbalist? I would definitely uh, seek out some professional, definitely. I mean, it's, you can't self-medicate yourself because you don't have the background which herbs would be working, which ones wouldn't. It sounds like you'd probably recommend that somebody first go to a physician, get a diagnosis, and then perhaps seek the guidance of a specialist in herbal medicine. Yes, I would definitely see a physician first to make sure that what you have is not something very, very serious. And then if you have the choice of not choosing, say, surgery or strong medications that may harm you, then definitely uh, go toward the easier botanical and that type of, of service. Absolutely. We know that a lot of people self-medicate with herbal therapies. How do you feel about it? You can. You can do that. And I did try some on my own. But again, you take chances with that. And people do spend a lot of money on herbs. But I think it's important that you find someone who knows what you're going to be using. And you have to be careful, I think. I agree, Dean. And I want to thank you very much for joining us today on Aches and Gains. Oh, well, it's my pleasure, and I hope it helps someone. Uh, so do I. After the break, we'll talk to Dr. Chad Wild and get his take on effective herbal remedies for pain. Aches and Gains is sponsored by Endo Pharmaceuticals, a U.S.-based specialty healthcare solutions company that delivers innovative diagnostics, drugs, devices, and clinical data to meet the needs of patients in areas such as pain, urology, oncology, and endocrinology. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. That's paulchristomd.com. Dr. Chad Wild is an expert on herbal remedies for pain control. His training includes extensive knowledge and study of alternative medicines as a complement to more traditional medical therapies. Dr. Wild, welcome to Aches and Gains. All right, nice to be here. Chad, what are some of the herbal remedies or botanicals that are used for pain control? You have your essential oils, which would be basically extracts that are done different ways. It can be cold-pressed, they can be hard-pressed. Um, you can use water, heat, uh, different ways to get the herbals. You can also take a herbal directly by grinding it up. And there's also different parts of plant. And each area can actually be a different treatment for a different disorder. Um, and then you also have things like just simple stuff like grass and chlorophyll, calcium, uh, magnesium, which can also be very helpful uh, for a number of disorders. Since herbals are only marketed as food supplements in the United States, are, are they safe? That's a, an excellent question. The answer to that is nobody can guarantee safeness. Uh, we do not have a governing body that, that carefully controls these. There are th bodies out there that state whether or not things are organic or whether or not they're a pharmaceutical grade, which means they should have in their, 
ingredients exactly what they say within about a 2% error margin. And that, I think, is the best that we can really do. Um, but no, I think we need, people need to be very careful on what they're buying and try not to change in between makers. Uh, if they're using product A and it's working very well for them, I would not assume that product B, the same thing, would give them the same response and would be equally safe. Dr. Wild, tell us about specific herbal remedies that are especially effective for pain control. I think one of the most important would be your NSAIDs, the natural NSAIDs, which would be like Boswala, Chaparral, uh, Devil's Claw, things like uh, the equivalent of Celebrex or Vioxx, which people are very commonly uh, new. Uh, Devil's Claw has head-to-head studies against Vioxx uh, and was shown to be equally effective um, without the same GI side effects. Uh, Arnica. Uh, would be very important, Celadrin. Chad, let's talk about Devil's Claw, because my understanding is that it can be quite effective for treating back pain and osteoarthritis. Devil's Claw in and of itself is a strong NSAID, so it's an anti-inflammatory, so it takes away the pain from inflammation and also helps to decrease the size of whatever the joints are that are swollen. Um, So it's like your ibuprofen or naproxen would be the equivalent, Uh, but it's safer theoretically and, uh, and studies have been shown to have less GI side effects. Then how in your practice do you decide whether you're going to use a traditional anti-inflammatory medication like Celebrex or Devil's Claw? We try to create a plan that's specific for each patient, and that depends on their financial situation, their desires, and their beliefs. Some people don't believe in herbals or alternative medicines, and some uh, pretty much want to practice as much as possible with those. Most patients that are going to be trying the herbals, I usually give them a mixture. That seems to be a more effective means to give people than just one uh, of the alternative medicines or herbs at a time. And Dr. Wild, what are the top two or three herbals that you typically use to help treat pain? The Inflammablox and another one called Soft Tissue Support Pack. Um, and I think those are probably the two that we use the most and people seem to get the best results from. And they're pre-made products from a company called Earth Molecular. I'm not promoting them, but they just happen to be one of the companies that we use. And it's uh, because their products are uh, pharmaceutical grade. So it makes a big difference that you can hand somebody a medication and be pretty you know, comfortable with the fact that what they're getting is what it says. Dr. Wild, talk to us about feverfew that's used to treat migraine headaches and osteoarthritis because it can be quite powerful and almost similar to an opioid in terms of withdrawal syndrome that can be produced if it's stopped right away. Yes, and feverfew is a natural anti-inflammatory that binds the receptor just like aspirin does um, and very similar to uh, a, a plant called a pussy willow plant that has um, a natural anti-inflammatory aspect to it. So people can get dependent on it. Uh, you, we use it when headaches with magnesium and riboflavin, um, and it works very well. Uh, it's a very good medication, but yes, they can get a response to people dropping off it. And that's why with all herbals, even vitamins and minerals, we recommend, um, just like we do with most of our other medications, weaning off of it and t- titrating up on them. That's useful information. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. When we return, we'll talk to Dr. Wild about which pain conditions are best treated with herbal therapies. Aches and Gains is sponsored by Neurogesics, a biopharmaceutical company focused on developing and commercializing novel pain management therapies. Aches and Gains is also available live online. Follow us on Twitter at DrPaulCristo and like us on Facebook, Aches and Gains. And we're back. 
Chad, tell us which pain conditions you found are best treated with herbal therapies. Most of the arthritic conditions and inflammatory conditions can be treated. We have bee pollen, skull cap, turmeric, uh, you know, a number of these things that can be helpful out there. I think also headaches, uh, migraines, muscles, um, anything with an inflammatory condition, pancreatitis or malabsorption as well. In your experience, how do you usually administer botanicals? That is, do you give them orally, topically, or are they injected? There are some injectables that we use, actually. Uh, Serapin, which is a uh, pitcher plant, uh, carnivorous plant extract. Um, We use that in a lot of different uh, intramuscular and intraarticular injections. We use the hyaluronic acid as well as hyaluronidase to break up scar tissue. We use um, some of the vitamins like B-complex, B12, and a lot of the injections. But most of the time, people are using either topical or oral. Give us a sense for the cost of botanicals compared to traditional medical therapies. So you're talking anywhere between 30 and $60 for usually a month's supply of any one of these different types of medications, where uh, the equivalent, let's say, Celebrex is going to run you two to $300. But the insurance is paying the majority of that, and the patient's paying their copay. Therefore, some patients may prefer using traditional medications since they're more likely to be covered by insurance. Dr. Wild, tell us about common side effects that are associated with the use of herbals for pain control. The most common side effects for almost all medications are going to be GI side effects, which is you have your early, which is your nausea and vomiting and discomfort, dyspepsia, like a little burning in the tummy type thing. Those would be very common. The other things with herbals would be maybe the smell or um, people don't like the taste of it or leaving a taste in their mouth later. Uh, Those are common things. But beyond that, you have your allergic reactions, your anaphylactic reactions, which are very uncommon. Uh, You have, you know, over time, the same types of side effects that can happen to your kidney and heart and cardiovascular system, depending on how high of a dose you're pushing on some of these medications and how pure they are. Some of them uh, can be, you know, damaging to your system. Chad, are there certain well-known herbals that really are not that effective? One of the big ones, Echinacea, was used for uh, flus and infections. Uh, Vitamin C, the same thing. I mean, Linus Pauling was a big vitamin C proponent, but once again, vitamin C can be given different ways. IV is much, much more effective than oral, and oral has limitations to how much you can absorb. Uh, With echinacea, one of the problems that we had is that nobody went out and said, look, is this the flowering part of the plant, the stem or the root? So the company out there that grows the plant sells, let's say, the the flowers being the most potent for the uh, anti-infection to help with the flu. Well, they still have the stem and they still have the root. So somebody goes along and buys it and sells it at Echinacea at the dollar store. And, you know, you buy it and it's Echinacea, but yet it's the wrong part of the plant. I'm really glad you mentioned that. Are there other cautions that we should be aware of when taking herbals? Uh, First is that you you get a product that's old or outdated. You get a product that's, you know, dangerous because they say there's 1,000 of it and there's actually 2,000 in it. And that's, you know, been shown very commonly. There's also some of the, your your, uh, your different pharmacies out there can pay for a book that's done every year, 
that has different herbals in it that are tested to see their lead content and their different uh, types of mineral contents that would be dangerous for you, as well as how close they are to what they say they have in them. Now, not all products are tested, but at least you can check and see if yours that you're currently taking is in there. Oh, wow. I didn't realize there could be dangerous levels of lead in herbal preparations. Uh, Dr. Wild, how do we ensure that the herbals that we're taking are actually safe? A lot of them are already tested, either by USP, which you can find online, or there are a number of books out there that are done um, with governing, basically alternative medicine governing bodies that test these things. So if we want to purchase an herb, where do we go? Do we go to a specific store that sells herbal preparations, or can we go to a regular pharmacy? Your normal pharmacies will have uh, brands in there. The difference is, is you can get a pharmaceutical-grade vitamin and supplement. That's what you want. But remember, when you switch between brands, it could be that your brand that you had was actually better than the more expensive brand. And that, like I was just trying to explain earlier, the one with, the, I think it was the Walgreens and CVS with the, the calcium. You know, you go and you get great expensive calcium from wherever you go and get it from Costco. But the best one was at your local Walgreens or CVS. So sometimes, you know, the, the vitamins out there, you know, are just going to be the ones at your local pharmacy. And Chad, describe the best way to incorporate herbals to treat pain. I think one of the things is that people are okay with mixing and having multiple modalities and at the same time. I think that that's helpful for the patients. You get to block receptors from multiple angles and lower total all drugs um, and, you know, in the system. I think that's better. Uh, the second thing is I think that the cost is cheaper overall if we're not including the fact that it's insurance paying for some of it. A lot of these patients have, uh, you know, flex spending plans or HSA plans which they can spend the money on these vitamins, and I think that's a very effective way to, to get them. You know, I didn't realize that flex spending accounts could be used for herbal therapies. Before we close, Chad, let us know what's new in the field. The NutraVal test by Genova will tell you if somebody has enough CoQ10, if they have enough L-carnitine, if they have enough of the omega-3s, the omega-6, the omega-9s. So you can actually get very specific on what herbs you want a person to take and at the same point, if they have enough omega-3s, omega-6s in their body, then they don't need to be supplementing with more. Dr. Wild, thank you very much for opening up the world of herbals for pain control. Sure. Yeah. Anytime. Tune in next time when we explore another interesting topic on Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is sponsored by King Pharmaceuticals, Endo Pharmaceuticals, Neurogesics, and Boston Scientific. Aches and Gains is also available live online. Follow us on Twitter at Dr. Paul Christo and like us on Facebook, Aches and Gains. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. That's paulchristomd.com. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Christo, especially for upcoming shows, please email him at achesandgains at gmail.com. That's achesandgains at gmail.com. And we have a question from Parker in Valhalla, New York. I have an old injury to the shoulder when I was thrown from a horse and shattered the shoulder. Now I have so much pain in that shoulder. Would surgery be an option of getting rid of this constant pain? Well, Parker, surgery is generally used for things like shoulder dislocation, fracture, and significant rotator cuff tears. Typically, conservative treatments like physical therapy, anti-inflammatory medicines like Motrin, or steroid injections are used before proceeding to surgery. Many shoulder surgeries are performed as an outpatient today, and it just depends on the specific surgery the orthopedist is recommending. Surgical treatment can be quite effective in reducing pain, but also a careful post-operative therapy course is essential for good surgical results. 
Raul from Harlingen, Texas, wants to know, what type of cancers are more prone to pain than others? Raul, bone cancer has the highest rate of pain, which is 85%, followed by cancer of the mouth and then cancers of the urinary tract and genitals. Leukemia is associated with the lowest percentage of patients with pain, about 5%. Remember, cancer pain increases in frequency as the disease progresses, so pain control earlier can reduce the burden of pain later. The views and opinions expressed in this radio program are solely the views of Dr. Paul Christo and do not necessarily express the views of this radio station and Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, nor an endorsement by any or all of them of any of its content. This show provides medical information, not advice. Please consult your personal physician before engaging in any course of treatment or use of any of the techniques or products discussed on this show. Discussion of particular uses of products on this show have not been approved by any of the manufacturers of such products. For live online listening to Aches and Gains, please go to paulchristomd.com. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. That's paulchristomd.com. Aches and Gains is produced by Eric Vore and Dr. Paul Christo. Ty Ford is the audio engineer and Elsa Langford is the technical consultant and engineer. Thanks for listening. This is Aches and Gains with Dr. Paul Christo.